everybody, and welcome to the 26th episode of the Insiders on Real Estate and Marketing. I am your friendly host, Sandy <laughs> Hibbard, and this is my very friendly co-host, Mr. Mark Miller. TGIF. <laughs> I like the Fridays. I do, do too. Yeah. I do yeah. too. We're always in a good mood. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because we know we're... We know we're leaving the industry for 48 hours. <laughs> 48 hours. You and I get to do that. Not everybody can. No. <laughs> oh, you know, Mark is uh, uh, the president over at Secured Title of Texas. That is our wonderful sponsor now for the second year in a row. So we're really, really proud to have them be a part of, of uh, the insiders. And so if you need a new title home, you want to talk to Mark, check out Secured titleoftexas.com. There you go. Um, today, we're just going to have, I liked what you said, a fireside chat. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have a guest in uh, because we got some things we need to talk about. And that is things happening and changing and challenging the closing situations in this market right now. Mark's going to talk about things like that. And I'm going to give you some really good tips on questions I've received on uh, Instagram, streamlining your videos, and how to get your name up in the search on Google, which is a big question. So we'll get back to that here in a few minutes, but uh, I just wanted to check in with Mark and see how has your month been? Good, yeah. Uh, you tell me you've been so busy. Yeah, a little bit more activity, I think, this month than last month, which, you know, realistically, we're moving towards spring selling, so it's, mm -hmm. it's still the inventory Spring challenge. officially is Monday, you I know, know. I know. Uh, so order count is lifted a little bit. We're having Has a good, uh, good closing month. Um, main thing I'm working on is our commercial business has been so beneficial to us that I went ahead and expanded and took another, uh, on the second floor, I took another space and I'm moving our commercial team up to two so I can make room for more residential escrow officers on our first floor and I extended our lease fabulous there as well we've been there for seven years i love that location parker in the tollway mm -hmm. easy great office place yeah, you've got. yeah we've got a really nice space so mm -hmm. anyway we got that secured away so we've got all the the frenzy of painting and carpet and all that stuff thankfully no build out because it's yeah. a perfect space to that done so, it's yeah. done and and this moment in time in the business side of where we've probably been as an industry in the last 90 days I've probably been, never been more thankful to have commercial I was just gonna say. Uh, in our mix uh, <laughs> because the residential inventory has certainly been challenged. Uh, I think transactionally, mm -hmm. all title companies would have met. We were just talking about that. Yeah, that about the, tell them about the Collin County meeting. Well, I was, I'm uh, really interesting. I'm chair of the strategic planning committee for the Collin County Association of Realtors. Mm -hmm. uh, and we had a breakout session yesterday, Marvin, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Marvin Jolly. Yeah, Marvin. Uh, he led uh, a leadership uh, on leadership, and mm -hmm. he was he was actually fabulous. And then That's Mike great. Brody rolled in and talked about you know serving and that level. I mean, it was a really nice session. But Mary Lighty, who's the um, chief executive, uh -huh. um, pointed out to us that there are now ten thousand members of the Collin County Association of Realtors, and and you know you factor that and just say let's just say twenty percent are or uh, affiliates, mm -hmm. and that could be the broad category of that, then mm -hmm. that means about 8,000 licensed Realtors are in the marketplace with an inventory that is not even close to being able to support. <laughs> Competing for what? Yeah. A, a thousand yeah. homes? So, I bet you are happy yeah, for commercial then. absolutely. Shoot. So and to that point too, probably what you'll talk about, I mean, how do you, if you're one of those 8,000, how do you brand yourself, distinguish yourself, yeah. what's your strategy? Yeah. Uh, because if you're rolling out of real estate school and then think mm -hmm. it's just going to be a cakewalk, it's mm -hmm. it's not. 
you better be aggressive. Yeah. And I know we're going to talk about this more, but, you know, just segueing into the, the challenges that you're seeing <clears throat> in title, um, but in the challenges that I see in marketing for these agents who are vying for such little inventory. Right. you got to be aggressive. Oh, you have to be. And you've got to build relationships. Yeah. You, you probably have to do the first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've got to have the yeah, relationship with people. I don't, I don't know people. that there's any more of a key time to have relationships mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. and with the people. Mm -hmm. And it's a, probably, and you know, you start thinking about people that roll into this industry and that yeah. everybody always thinks of their sphere of influence. Uh, but you, you, you know, you don't have the knowledge, so you better have the relationship because mm -hmm. you're only going to gain the knowledge through transactions. Exactly. And through whatever be the training that they may facilitate. It is so company. challenging to start new in this business, oh. but it's not a, a no brainer. You know, our friend Troy Olson, he's over at Keller now and he's doing a lot of coaching. It's where he's spending most of his time and he's coaching, um, on dual careers. So a lot of realtors that are coming into the market are having to juggle. They have to be two jobs yeah yeah and so there is actual training on that now yeah because it's with this market the way that it is you better have something as a backup right you know right well and you better have um you know you better have some good industry partners mm -hmm. with you as well particularly if you're new into the industry mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and when i say new i'm not talking about six months i'm talking about people that are in the industry inside of five years <laughs> compared to people you know that have 10 to 20 yeah, years yeah five years used to be a veteran they have an historical perspective Mm -hmm. But five years is uh, people don't have the transactional yeah. knowledge that they are. And the, the environment out there is changed dramatically mm -hmm. in terms of what they need to understand and know mm -hmm. about a transaction. And mm -hmm. it's not just the contract. It's all the other things behind it. It's everything. It. Yeah. Like what we were saying right. earlier uh, before the show started, there's so much that's changed. You, you don't hardly even recognize real estate the way that it was 10 years ago. So if you don't have that historical backdrop, right? Um, I mean, I don't know, does it help you? Does it hurt you? What do you think? Well, I, I, I think it could be to your detriment, but, um, <laughs> and I'll give you, I mean, it's, it's about the knowledge of what to look for and what to ask for that you may not have. And one of the ones that sort of everyone's learning from is suddenly as the bandwidth goes north, mm -hmm more and more people are beginning to sell their land. And there's all kinds of little things to know about mm -hmm. land that is not right. like lot and block in right. a residential home. We saw so that with a, our guest Sarah Boyd yeah, last, yeah. last month. And you're, you start dealing with rollback taxes, you mm -hmm. start dealing with the importance of that survey, mm -hmm. what could potentially have happened since mm -hmm. they've owned that land that would impact the use of that land. And if you're new in the business and you don't have a reputable, solid title partner, and a title partner who's gonna give you attention. Yeah. Who's gonna take the time to help you and explain to you no matter what right. the price point is on the deal. You're gonna be SOL. Well, you know, and you've I think, got to have help on yeah, that side. And I think they think too much about um, the title company after the contract signed. Mm -hmm. And they're not thinking about, yeah. as they're the ones that are gonna to begin to become knowledgeable by certain things a seller says in a process of listing that are flags. Mm -hmm. And if they're not cognizant of what those flags could mean, mm -hmm. then it can disrupt the entire transaction. Well, let's jump into that. Sure. I, I know you have got well, pages uh, of information. Well, not, that yeah. And I, I, I'll also share with you, uh, and we've talked about it before, is the nature of the 
industry uh, as it relates to fraud. Now, not fraud within our industry, but the people that we deal with. Okay. Uh, wire fraud has obviously been a huge part. You have mm -hmm. to be very careful on that side. But mm -hmm. we just had a, literally a transaction in which, thankfully, one of our escrow assistants uh, picked up on, and it was a uh, identity theft that was resulting of the people that got gotten hold of the identity were trying to sell the property of the owner without obviously his knowledge and they're not being entitled and they went under contract as the seller whoa and we were proceeding down the lane but a, a red flag popped and that is that the seller wanted a specific notary to notarize his documents <laughs> and Jana in our office who's awesome said hey kind of red flag and she stopped the press so normally you require that it's done here yeah, I know. that would be an unusual request yeah i agree it'd be it wouldn't be unusual to ask for a notary mm -hmm. it'd be asked it'd be unusual to ask for this specific notary okay, okay. and so what it what, what the discovery was is that they had stolen their identity and they had their license and this was the second attempt and so they made reference to another title company and we called that title company and they had no reference to the file. Wow. So we quickly determined this is a fraudulent deal. Yeah. Uh, and we, we That's some ballsy people. Woo. And we shut it down and uh, Did they catch know, them? Well uh, I mean you caught them in the in We the caught act, them in that part. But... You know, they're probably out of state would be my guess. Mm -hmm. But the next step that we do is we alert the FBI. So then you you're out of it. Uh, from we take there. it in and let the crime side move in on, on them and hopefully stop them wow. so and then we immediately uh, what we do is we alerted our underwriters that mm -hmm. we represent and then they immediately put out bulletins mm -hmm. on that particular property with that name and if this name pops up under contract call underwriting which basically is a alert saying don't close this deal so now we so kind of now we throw a writer who was savvy enough to put two and two together and go notary this kind of notary located well, this in this was, place this is actually in the escrow team so it was an escrow team yeah. at then, your office yes and then we collaborated through with carrie as our general counsel yeah. and then because then you have to start deciphering and determining how you communicate because you right. got to be careful yeah and Don't then worry. we just as a <laughs> obligation we alerted our underwriters who want to know that because that's going to be a fraudulent transaction mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so the re end result was uh we got it shut down and no losses and Earnest money returned back to the buyer, and, and the guy's house didn't get sold out from no, underneath him. No, and the, literally, and the, yeah, seller still owns his property. I mean, but that's that's kind of the crazy stuff that we're seeing out there right now. So, uh, but I mentioned rollback taxes. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I think uh, should be very aware of is you have a lot of sales that are taking place where the party that's selling has a senior homestead designation. And so therefore they're getting um, you know a, a, a discount we'll call it that on their taxes uh -huh. and now they're selling it to a party can we stop for just a yeah. second and talk one minute about that right. so what is a senior discount well when you hit when you hit 65 which is the only reason i celebrated because uh, <laughs> you, you got this distinction. you get that you get this basically kind of a cap on certain levels of your taxes as a senior citizen, if okay. you will. So you're not paying school so you're taxes not, you're necessarily not, Exactly. Anymore. And so you're getting a, you're getting an additional uh, exemption against ah. whatever the valuation of the property is, which is therefore reducing mm -hmm. 
your taxes or at least stabilizing where they're not mm -hmm. going to continue to be increased. I mean, is this something that's federal or uh, yes. just Texas? Uh, well, it's Texas. Uh, so I wonder if my mother could take advantage of that. Well, it's in, she's in Oklahoma, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure what the exemption okay. laws are there. It happens automatically in Texas. So when you hit 65, you don't have to go fill out another form. Okay. Your taxes they, are just going to change. They're, they're going to change. They'll okay. recognize it senior homestead exemption. Now, you then sell that property and the new party comes in that's buying it and they're not senior. Mm -hmm. That exemption has to be changed. Right. If it's not and the deal closes and then they trip the recognition of that, then taxes are going to uh, increase and there's going to be taxes due. Taxes from that earlier. transaction. Okay. All right. So, so thank you for that explanation yeah. because I was not aware yeah. of that, but I've often wondered. <laughs> yeah. So notification like and, and any title company that closes always have a, a final sheet that kind of basically says these are the responsibilities. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Tax prorations are one of those mm -hmm. pieces where you say you, you, you signed off on this. You're, it's between mm -hmm. buyer and seller. I mean, that could make a difference in thousands of dollars sure being could. owed going yeah. into a home. Yeah. And it can end up being a post-closing issue. And one of the things I try to focus on from our service standpoint, I don't want to have a post-closing issue right. because that means I've got to go back to parties and that's going to impact the relationship mm -hmm, we have mm -hmm. of our referring source. And it's going to upset those people mm -hmm. that were in the transaction. Mm -hmm. So you have to be, so you really have to keep a more keen eye on taxes because we get a tax certificate when we set our order up and you can see and read through mm -hmm. that and you see senior homestead exemption, you get an idea of this party, notify, say, hey, just want to make sure this designation is going to need to change mm -hmm. to that mm -hmm. side. So that's another thing that we run right. across. And then again, being forensic. Yeah. Forensic. And then the forensic uh, and then the the and then just surveys in yeah. general, yeah. Uh, not as much in uh, in the residential. But now, again, I'm pointing back toward the land side and, and mm -hmm. the rural side is that there's mm -hmm. so many nuances and it's to that point. So getting a new survey? Yes. Well, with it, not necessarily have to get a new survey, but get hold of the old survey on the listing of that land okay. so that we can do a review of it. And, and, and then again, forensic, find out from your seller, has anything changed? Has, mm -hmm. has the uh, tollway extended? Did they give certain rights? Any of those things mm -hmm. would have an mm -hmm. impact to the survey and would require a new survey and a new survey and a land deal can be quite expensive. Oh, I bet. And the timelines could be fairly long to get a land survey done as well. I was just going to say that's part of that title process. Correct. That, that we're always having to wait on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyhow, those are just some of the, that's just a few of the things that mm -hmm. happen um, mm -hmm. along the way. And we typically uh, don't get into that swim lane until we get the contract in. Mm -hmm. And I would love for it to be that people would be calling Correct. us in advance mm -hmm. and probably at the listing saying, can you go ahead and run title on this? And let's see if there's anything we need to be aware of and, and get a copy of the do survey. Do you have agents that do that, that are um, really on top on, of that? Only about of 10% of yeah. who we deal with. Yeah. They're so focused in the, the, the tr consummation of the contract mm -hmm. that they're not focused at the first part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I've always said that, as you know, and whether it's if it's just a home, you know, yeah. anything happened since you've had the property, any mm -hmm. circumstances, any deaths, mm -hmm. you know, qualify. There's not a divorce. All those things mm -hmm. which can be impactful to the mm -hmm. conveyance of title. Um, the more we know up front, the better we can diagnose the situation Absolutely. and then say, set your timing in the contract of the following things. Because it's going to take us 
30, 60, or 90 days mm -hmm. to resolve the title-related problem mm -hmm. to that side. So anyhow, it's there's just... There's so much. There's is, a lot. Is every know. state like this? Uh, well... Is title a thing? This is a really silly question I know for me to ask, but is title a thing across the country? Yes. Okay. Uh, there's just a significant difference in the way a property is insured across the country, and Texas okay. is extremely unique mm -hmm. in that side. Uh, and actually, I think it's easier in Texas than it is in other states Okay. Uh, from a standpoint because there's so many other uh, types of coverage that is offered mm -hmm. outside of Texas. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're pretty, we're pretty simple mm -hmm. and we have good rates. <laughs> <laughs> good. That's why I've never left. <laughs> that's, I know. Yeah. So that's anyhow, that's just some of the, you know, some Those of the things are... that we're, that we're seeing out there. And, um, Interesting. you know, and I think to another point that surface from what I was talking about in that breakout yesterday mm -hmm. from Marvin is because um, he was kind of saying, well, why get involved in the association and then why go to the national or regional meetings and so forth? And this is a marketing related side is because the amount of friends he's made across the country and because Marvin went all the way to chairman yeah, um, and through attending those meetings for, for referrals mm -hmm. from people that aren't licensed here, but have a client that's moving from California or Florida or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that's A. And B, he's always put a big emphasis on when we talked about relationship, not just the relationship of the people you're trying to get the opportunity to represent them to buy or sell, but in the relationship between this realtor and this realtor. Uh -huh. So if Marvin's in there with 30 other realtors trying to go and he mm -hmm. knows the agent that has the listing, mm -hmm. then that communication is going to be a trusting mm -hmm. communication. Mm -hmm. And he's probably going to, that individual is probably going to decipher, he knows his stuff. Mm -hmm. And I know that uh, if he, who he presents, we're probably going to get to the closing table. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting to, you know, we, we focus so much on how to get to the, the opportunity, right? but also you have to be able to be, how do they win? How does somebody that with 50 people going after it, how are you the one that got the offer accepted and the <laughs> other 49 did not? I know. What Let's are those? bring them in and interview them right. because that is what a is, huge what is the thing. Criteria? Yeah. yeah. So it's And so relationship is what you're saying. And, and Jolly was talking about that. He was talking uh, uh, really about that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we've talked about that And that's reputation that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And relationship, not just like you said, with even the agent or with the buyer or the seller, but agent with the, I mean, but relationships with the vendors. Yes. So you've got people you can call to get things done and get them done efficiently because right. they're pros. Right. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and even you got to the survey thing, as I was pointing out, all of a sudden somebody's like, oh my gosh, we've got to have a survey. Who do we turn to? They don't know who. Yeah. We, we know yeah. the Rolodex of those that can get it done yeah. and get the best pricing. So yeah. we're trying to help control those costs, but get it done efficiently so they can meet their closing mm -hmm. targets and their contracts. Well, so, you know, I don't know anything about the details like that of buying a house except through osmosis of marketing <laughs> for the last 20 years in the real right. estate industry. But I'm the typical consumer. I don't know about all this right. stuff. So I'm going to have to rely completely on that person who represents me. Right. And, uh, and I've often said this too, that what's going to make me choose that person is the relationship that I feel like I have mm -hmm. with them. You know, I'm not mm -hmm. going to just go online. I'm not. Right. And pick someone out of the hat to buy a house. I'm going to find someone that either I know or has presented 
as, themselves as an influencer in this area that knows Dallas, that knows Texas. All those things are so important. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so that brings us to the marketing side of it. Some of the uh, questions that, that I have been getting from my clients that are trying to market themselves to build relationship, you know, online is that's a hard job. It's not easy. When you look at social media from the standpoint of playing and networking and going and scrolling up and down at night and talking to people, that's the fun part of it. But if you look at social media as a marketing vehicle, um, it's as scientific as it gets. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of these clients of mine, these realtors, these business owners are, you know, there's a lot of things that they have to try to do for themselves because to just own it all off to somebody else is quite taxing, you know, and right. costs a lot of money to right. do that. So a few questions that I wanted to cover today on the marketing side, uh, probably the number one question that I get from clients, how do I get more engagement? Period from the business to the consumer, to the realtor, to the entrepreneur. You've got a Facebook page, you've got a business Instagram page, you've got all these things and they're just sitting out there. They're not getting any engagement. And that folks is the reality of it. And that is the hardest job we have as marketers is to increase engagement organically. So that's the number one question that I get. Some of the things that we can do to increase engagement, and I've always said this, is engagement equals engagement. So the more you engage, the more engagement you're going to get. That It's kind of an old school thing. We've, we've sort of already learned how to do this. We know that, and you can try, you can go onto your Instagram right now and go find a few fabulous photos a, a few great reels, like them, comment on them, all of a sudden, boom, that person is in your feed, right? And you start seeing them. Now you've got an opportunity to engage with them more and they have an opportunity to engage with you. So the first thing that you have to do to increase engagement is to engage yourself. And so that's just one simple answer. Um, Another way to increase your engagement is number one, just to have great stuff. You know, I was reading an article this morning and this is where the science to this just blows my mind. They've done research on the kinds of images that get and attract more engagement on social media. And it, it, it gets down into scientific stuff that's way over my head, talking about the angles of the pictures, the gradients that are used, the photos that are used, how many subjects do you have in a photo? Is it just one candle burning or is it one house or is it a house full of stuff? You know, all of these things make a difference in whether or not someone's gonna stop as they're scrolling and look at that picture. So the second thing I would say, other than engagement, is just create great imagery. You don't want your images to be too bright. You want them to be kind of a sexy feeling. Honestly, this is what this report said, that it's the gradients and the more muted tones that have maybe a central focus color, like, like Mark's outfit today. You know, he's got that burgundy uh, with a pattern shirt underneath, white pop. He's got this color jacket with a little handkerchief right here. That would work well. On social media because there's a central focus it's pretty to look at 
it's going to have different hues. So these are the kinds of things that we have to think about when we're posting our photos on Instagram if we want to get engagement. You know, the only other thing I, I see often, and particularly more on Facebook, and it, I, I just kind of flinch every time I see it because we were talking before the show that we feel like we're in this tip of um, mm. where the relevancy of marketing is going. Yeah. And I, it just, I, I pause for a minute because I see the posting from market stats for Collin County, February. And that's the post. And I'm like, who? I'm not sure who are you attracting to that side? <laughs> Does it interest you at all? No. No. And on top of that, it's not most of the time, at least as it's represented, is not coming directly from them. Down in the corner is XYZ Title Company. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like this, you know, collaboration. We mm -hmm. want to call it that, mm -hmm. but I don't think it's relevant to. I mean, if I'm well, buying or selling a home, I think I pretty well know that. Uh, it's hard to find a home, and if mm -hmm. I sell, I'm going to get maximum price for mm -hmm. it. I don't think the statistical side of it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is reflective of anything from a marketing standpoint. Mm -hmm. that's, uh, I think so there's a, there could be a place for that yeah, somewhere I, in your marketing. Right, but that shouldn't be the primary is what I, I, my I point. totally agree yeah. with you. And, and it's third party. For years. To me, it's third yeah. party. It's not really. It's not personal. And it's not, there's not any. And the other thing, if I did post that, then I would have a commentary about what I thought about that. Yeah. I mean, I would bring forth some yeah. kind of level of expertise yeah. to support the document that I posted. And Agree. I see that a lot. Um, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's funny because we, you know, you can get into a routine of just getting posts out there. Mm -hmm. And so for the sake of getting something out there today, you just throw up a flash card or a placard that has no meaning, no human meaning to it. And this is what the report that I'm referring to was talking about on imagery, that it is that personalized kind of post that shares something that evokes emotion mm -hmm. from me. Mm -hmm. And then the caption should always be something that is informing me about that. And I've even had clients that have said, no, I don't, I don't want you know a long caption at all. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa you want a caption that's relevant to the image, no matter how long it is. Mm -hmm. It might be a quote. It might just be two sentences right. that make sense yeah. that reaches out and yeah, touches and read me. A quote. Yeah. yeah. But don't just forsake the educational part of your post right. because you think it's social media and nobody reads it. That's just not true anymore. Right. People do read those and they are important and they're important for SEO, which we'll, we'll get to here in just a second. So we could talk about engagement. We could have a whole, hour yep. about engagement. So I would just say, make sure your stuff is, is fabulous and make sure you're engaging with other people. Um, second question I get a lot is I'm posting videos and I'm making my posts, but I want them to go to Instagram and I want them to go to Facebook, but it's taking me so long to go to both. How can I make it easier for myself? And so there are ways that you can do that by setting up your business account that's linked to your Facebook account. And this is Social Media Marketing 101. Your Facebook and Instagram can link together. They're owned by the same empire. Mm -hmm. And so you set it up properly so that when you make a post on your Instagram, you can share it straight to your Facebook. And boom, it's done. And this can happen with your reels and your stories and your posts. So anything that you're doing on Instagram can easily get over to Facebook if you've got your tools in hand. This is your best tool that you're gonna ever have right here is having your phone set up with all of your apps 
Facebook, Instagram app, your LinkedIn app. Have them all talking to each other. You can always go out and join a, a host, a, um, I'm having trouble talking today, a posting dashboard like Hootsuite. There's many of them out there where you can create your accounts in that and post to them across the board. That's something that I use as a marketing professional, but anybody can get on those and pay for a monthly subscription mm -hmm. and do that if you wanna do it yourself. So that's one way that you can do it is just make sure you're set up properly. Um, the third question I'll talk about today before we start wrapping up is how can I get my name to come up in search? I had a client who was you know, very concerned, rightfully so. She had typed in her name of her business into Google and nothing came up, nothing. So that makes you raise your eyes and go, What's, what am I doing wrong or what am I not doing to make sure that I am going to be included in Google? And the first thing that I would say is hire a professional. If, if you're concerned about SEO and your company and your product, it's more than just putting the right articles on your website. It's more than just having posts and a profile set up properly in Facebook. It goes really deep, as we all know. SEO can be very expensive to invest in. It can be very detailed and completely scientific. So that would be my disclaimer on this question is hire an SEO professional, a reputable company who can help you. Okay, that aside, what I can tell you is gonna work is you've got to remember that it takes time. You know, to be indexed by Google today is to provide content on your website that says, I have the book you want. So I'm typing in a question about how can I secure my house land or the property I just bought. There has to be an answer somewhere out there that reads like a book that says, are you having problems wondering if your land is safe from mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah? Mm -hmm. Well, this is how it works. I mean, elementary, my dear. Right. It's step one, step two. And Google likes to look at content today, not keywords, but content that is rich with your keywords, meaning that the content talks about what you do. So if you, if you Googled for that, and let's just say it is, uh, what's the best... Um, way to sell my land today mm -hmm. and then you click on that and it starts to get anyone that specializes in selling land realistically they should pop they should in that right mm -hmm. okay but they're not going to if their website is just full of market stats yeah you know and not content is and what not content okay. so your blog is really important here because your blog is what's going to provide fresh content and it should be providing fresh content optimally every day to your website that's pertinent to what you do and the answers that you're providing to your customers. So it's really not rocket science. They've made a science out of it. Right. But you know, if I can just just put it all collectively together in a little bowl for you right now to finish off the show, to get your SEO up, you have got to be everywhere. You've got to have content that's talking about what you do in a specific manner it's clear and easy to understand. Someone put it to me like this one time. They said that Google is looking for novels. When you type in search, Google is going to look for that 
novel out there that's got chapters and headers and pages full of content that's telling the story about what that person is needing to have answered. So, you know, so much we could talk about this, yeah. but we're running out of time. So I would just say that, that SEO is probably the biggest thing. Contact me if you want to get some more information about that. Um, making sure that you're posting across the board on your social media platforms and that you're posting keyword rich information, that you've got your Google business set up um, and that you've got an, a website that's optimized. So someone's taking care of the back end. You yeah. want to make sure that that's done. So. All those things are important, um, but we've run out of time, and I just wanted to to end the show today. First of all, and go ahead, Trey, if you could, and, and pop up that link to a lot of what we were talking about. I've got a blog post, and the link's going to be on the screen there. Instagram trends to incorporate this year, and these Instagram trends that I have in the blog article also deal with SEO. So. So go to that link and read about the SEO effects that just setting up your Instagram profile properly can have. You can be found easier if things are just set up properly. So go to that link and check out that article. But I wanted to end the show with just a shout out to the ladies. Um, I was reading some, doing some research on an article that I'm writing and I discovered that the rise in in female single home buyers is on the rise rather and it's uh, very exciting because it's been three decades now as the rise has happened over three decades so today more single women are buying houses awesome. than they ever have and so that's a great thing ladies you have the ability to build your wealth and to provide security and protection for your family through a home of your own. Um, but just wanted to shout out to the ladies, it's Women's History Month, and uh, a lot of you don't know my history, I don't know your history, and it's time we start sharing our histories with each other, because in knowing where we come from, and the obstacles we've had to overcome, and the things that we've done that have empowered us, helps all of us. So ladies, your history is my future. And I just want to give a shout out to all of you, all the ladies in real estate, all the ladies who are, are who own their own business, the women owned companies out there. You girls rock and you're doing it. You're making it happen. Um, so we celebrate you this month on the insiders and that is a wrap. All right. So thank you so much you're for welcome. all your input today. We'll, we'll see you next month. See you next month. Okay. All right. Bye everybody. Thank you.